listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, good to have you back here on For Your Joy podcast presented by New King Church. My name is Lucius Guthrie. I'm the worship pastor at New King. I'm joined alongside uh, Ben Preston, the lead and planting pastor of New King. Hey Ben. Hey, glad to be here. Good, good to have you here. Um, so uh, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, getting to know um, Nathan Singh a little bit, hearing his story, and um, it was it was really fun to interview him, and I think it really turned into a, a powerful conversation mm-hmm. about um, just like following the will of the Lord, and mm-hmm. uh, even when it's tough, uh, being obedient to what he's asking you to do. So I hope that got you to think about that a little bit in your own personal life, um, and so uh, today we are going to, it's kind of continuing the conversation that we had started before that when, um, when I was just asking Ben some things that he was learning on his, uh, time away, uh, when, when he was, um, thinking about, uh, this idea that the Lord continues to call us to new assignments as he was reflecting on, um, the book Experiencing God and, um, and then last week during our uh, leadership meeting um, with our pastors and staff, uh, Ben shared something that the Lord had been showing him. And I think it's something that you've come back to a number of times because um, mm-hmm. I've heard you talk about it a little bit, but th- you really dove into uh, this study from Judges 4 mm-hmm. from the story of Deborah and Barak. Um, and in, in I kind of noticed how it really related to... Um, what you talked about in that last podcast about the Lord giving new assignments and how he does that through people, through um, mm-hmm. different leaders, or if we are leaders, as if you heard our, our discussion on you know personal spiritual leadership, uh, you are a leader, you can be a part of helping someone understand the new assignment that the Lord has given them um, as you listen to the Lord, as you're faithful to lead. And so um, I just thought this would be a great uh, kind of part two to... Um, that discussion as we see a really helpful example of what it looks like to listen to the Lord, be close to the Lord, get an assignment from there, um, from, from scripture that we see the Lord move in, in, in the book of judges. Um, and so, you know, this may be one, two, maybe three episodes. Um, but I wanted to, to give this space for Ben to kind of talk back through what the Lord was showing him in this story. And, and hopefully it can help you see how the Lord is moving in your own life. Um, so without further ado, take it away, Ben. Yeah. So if you're, uh, listening to this in a place where you could open your Bible and follow along with us, that would be, uh, helpful in this, but we're, we're pulling, uh, some things, we're gleaning some things from this story in Judges 4. Um, the book of Judges is in, in many ways, a study in leadership, uh, throughout it, you see, God's people cry out to God for help from their oppressors, and God's re- 
response to their cries, to their prayers, is to raise up a leader and a judge to lead them um, and to deliver them from their oppression. Mm. And so in the beginning of Judges, we've seen this happen a, a couple of times, and and each time that it happens, God raises up a, a courageous uh, military leader, a warrior, who uh, trusts God and um, and believes that God is with them, and and they lead God's people in faith and courage into to battle to defeat their their oppressor. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then you get to chapter four, and a different kind of leader emerges. Um, we read in chapter four and verse uh, three. It says, then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, uh, which isn't something new. That's happened Mm -hmm. before. And they're crying out for help because because the king of Canaan is oppressing them. And um, and, and this happened because the people of Israel had, had sinned against the Lord and done what was evil. And so the Lord allowed this to happen as a... um, discipline for them. Mm-hmm. And so they cry out to the Lord because of this. And, um, and it says in verse four, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel at that time. So all of a sudden you have this different kind of a leader that mm-hmm. emerges, right? So she's judging them during this oppression um, they're, they're still under the hand of the king of Canaan. 20 years uh, has gone by. But Deborah is judging Israel. She's leading Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. And so, um, so Deborah is this different kind of leader. And the first thing that we see is that rather than her leadership coming from this place of physical dominance or the fact that she's some amazing warrior, she's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, her leadership flows out of the fact that she is a prophet, mm-hmm. a prophetess. Yeah. The fact that she has a, a close friendship with God. Yeah. Um, hears from God. And so other people turn to her for wisdom because yeah. of her intimacy with God. Yeah. And I know that's kind of the first place, first point, the first place we're going to go. I want to back up just a second um, because you made an interesting point there about the Lord responding to the people's cry, right? Um, and we see this over and over in Scripture. Obviously, we see it throughout the judges here, but we also see it um, you know, we'll see it a little bit later with Saul as they specifically are crying out for a king, mm-hmm. right? But then even before that with Moses, right, that we see um, mm-hmm. that the, the prayers of, of the people go up and the Lord hears them, and so he brings out Moses. So why do you think, and this may be something that you're going to get into, but um, if not, why why do you think this is kind of the, the MO, uh, uh, is that the word? Operating, what is it? Uh, yeah. Mode of operation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. MO, yeah. Um, Modus of, operandi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Wow. Latin. Look at you. Yeah. Is that because your sons study study Latin? No. I just happen to remember that. Oh wow. So, why do you think this is the Lord's mo? To to as he responds to the cries of his people, he sends a person. He raises up someone. 
Yeah, well, um, I think we hit on this a, a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's for a couple of reasons. He's he's looking for co-laborers. God, he mm. builds relationship with people through these assignments. Yeah. And so, sure, God could have just delivered Israel from Egypt without Moses, right? He could have just like in one night sent the destroyer through the whole land and just wiped out his, um, uh, Egypt. Yeah. Right. And they could have just walked out that way. Mm-hmm. But Moses would have never come to know God the way that Moses came to know God. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but how many others have then looked at the story of Moses and the way that he walked with God through that. And they've learned how to know God mm-hmm. personally. So, God's way of building friendship with people is by inviting them into an assignment and then walking with them through it. Yeah. So I think that that's it. I think he is, he loves friendship through partnership. Yeah. Mm. And so um, Deborah gets, you know, in this, in this passage, she gets an assignment and she gets to walk with her God and get to know her God. I mean, you, you can you can apply this. Go to the New Testament and think about all that Paul did, like in the book of Acts. We get a lot of the details of Paul's walk with God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and the way that he's partnering with God. God, the Holy Spirit, is leading him in, in the next assignment, what to do. And as he's doing that, he is getting to know Christ. And Philippians, he says, this is, this is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing is more important to me than getting to know Christ. Yeah. Right? And this is how he did it. He did it through a, a partnership um, as a co-laborer. Yeah. That's great. And it's so kind. Yeah. Of the Lord to do that, mm-hmm. to bring us into that. Mm-hmm. So getting back then to this first point, as we see in Deborah's story, right, that she is leading out of this close intimacy with the Lord. She's a prophetess. She clearly listens very closely to God. Um, and so so why is that an important point for us to kind of take home as we think about our leadership and, and hearing assignments? Well, we... It's, it's really easy to just want to be used by God and get eager for that and bypass the, the friendship, the love relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's easy for us to, for our love relationship with God to sort of wither or, or, or wane. And, and, and we don't realize it because it can happen so gradually and we can be slowly deceived. And then whatever whatever area of influence that we have in our lives, we see like there's less fruit, right? That mm-hmm. and, and we're looking around and we're going, what's going on? There's not so much fruit. God doesn't seem to be using me as much. And the point is that unless we are walking in close friendship with Him, yeah, uh, we're not going to bear fruit. Yeah, a, a, and that's that's what Jesus is getting at in in John 15, remember in John 15 where he's telling them, look guys, you can't do anything apart from me. You've got to abide in me and I in you. And that's how you're going to bear much fruit. It's in that same passage that he says, mm-hmm. I don't call you servants, but friends. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm letting you in on everything that the father's told me. Yeah. And so he's saying, this is a, I want you to learn to walk in that friendship so that 
so that I can work through you and yeah. bear fruit through your life. And I feel like that's so in line with when you look throughout the whole New Testament, especially as you see um, like the establishment of the church, that's so much in line with what leaders should look like, like a qualification, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's elders or deacons or those mm-hmm. who are prophesying or um, teachers, you know them by their fruit, right? right. You recognize their mm-hmm. walk with the Lord and mm-hmm. um, that should almost be for us because I think we're always going to be leading somewhere. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. but there's also going to be somewhere where we're following, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even as pastors, you know, we look to other pastors who've mm-hmm. been in ministry longer, you know, or people who've discipled us in the past. And so, so whoever you are, if you're going to be led by someone, you should use this as a, as a kind of a measuring stick to recognize, is this person walking closely with the Lord? And I think that should be easy mm-hmm. to tell. You'll be mm-hmm. able to, if you look closely mm-hmm. at their life and at their walk, um, and in the way that they lead, I guess as well, you, you'll see that. Are they near to the Lord? Yeah, there's um there was a book I read a few years ago called Soul Keeping mm-hmm. by John Ortberg. And um the way that he talks about the same concept is that um our soul is like a river that other people are drinking from all the time. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether we realize it or are being in- intentional about that people are being affected by our presence mm-hmm. wherever we are workplace home group of friends <clears throat> wherever we are people are being affected by our soul and the health of our soul so our soul is like a river that can be polluted water you know that can mm-hmm. be dirty water because of what we're drinking in and because of what we're because of the way we're living life or that can be living waters, clean, pure living waters that are flowing out of our innermost being that other people are drinking from. And the only way for that to happen is if we're walking in close friendship with the living God yeah, and his spirit is filling us and Mm -hmm. and he's, and his word is abiding in us Mm -hmm. richly, right? Then our souls are, still a river, but now it's a river of living water that others can freely drink from and re- and receive life from us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about the first couple of kings of Israel, it, it also sh- goes to show that you will probably, y- your, your amount of, I guess, victory <laughs> is going to be in line with this principle as well. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Saul, um, from the surface, it seems like he's the perfect guy, Right. And he will have a lot of victory and, and lead Israel uh, to prosperity. Um, but his uh, lack of nearness to the Lord really was his downfall. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, his relationship with God was so utilitarian. Um, and, and I think he, he, I think he could have done, I think he could have gone a different way. You know, I mean, obviously God is sovereign, but like you look mm. at, you read the story and like God put a new heart in Saul. Yeah. Remember and 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 he he prophesies with all yeah. the prophets and um like he started out he had the opportunity but he never pressed in to mm. know this God that was calling him out and anointing with specific giftings and you know like um God clearly loves Saul 
and 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 Saul just he he kept God at sort of this arm's length, like looked yeah. at God more like more like he was you know a Swiss Army knife. Like mm-hmm. okay, I need right now I need God so that I can fight this battle. So I need to go through the motions. I need to offer this sacrifice, and and God's like, you know what? There's this other guy. If you stood David and Saul side by side. 10 yeah. times out of 10, you'd be like, Saul's our guy. He's yeah. going to leave, you know, mm-hmm. just like what you're saying. Yeah. But David has this, this secret life with God yeah. where, he's, where he's singing worship and he's praying and he's, he's pressing in to know God more deeply. And that's what makes him the, the, the man, the king that, that Israel needed and the, the man that God could use. Yeah. That's good. And I love that that is the first sign that we see in this story of Deborah mm-hmm. to know that she is, uh, you know, almost qualified and we can begin to look at her life as an example. Right. So going on um, with the story, what is something else that we can pull from uh, the way that she leads? Yeah. So um, so she's judging uh, Israel. And then in verse six, um it says she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, "Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking ten thousand from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun?" And um, and so what we see here is she doesn't come up with a a plan for Barack, you know, for Barack's life. Mm. But what she does is is she is in out of her intimacy with God. She sees that God has placed his hand on a man, Mm -hmm. Barack, and has, and is calling him out for leadership that he hasn't taken yet. Mm. And she, she delivers and she calls Barack to step into God's assignment for him. Mm-hmm. So, so the principle is that leaders call others into God's calling on their life, which ties back to a, a previous episode that we where we talked about what spiritual leadership mm-hmm. is. That spiritual leadership is moving people onto God's agenda. Yeah. And that's exactly what she does is she discerningly clearly by the help of the Holy Spirit, sees a calling on Barak and helps him to see it. Yeah. Yeah, so I I guess how, you know, how? (laughs) I guess maybe I'll clarify my question. You know, when you think about um, calling others into that leadership and recognizing the assignment that the Lord might give them, I feel like there has to be not only intimacy with the Lord, but a, a closeness with that person. Yeah. Right? Like you have to know them. You have to know what they're capable of mm-hmm. and maybe not capable of or whether that's even important. So I guess, yeah, explain, I guess, the relationship that fr- from Barack and Deborah um, for her to understand that. Well, I think, um, you know, Deborah has the gift of prophecy which is a unique spiritual gift, which with the gifting of prophecy, like what she had, the Lord could have just said, Hey, there's a guy named Barack. Mm, Yeah. And here's the calling that I have for him. Here's the message I have for him. Right. 
that's not how most of us will operate in this. Yeah. <clears throat> I think most of us, the way that, that we'll experience this is, like you're saying, in relationship with someone, there is a, again, this is a co-laboring. This is a partnership with God. So there is a relationship with a person and, and, and prayer for that person. Mm, yeah. Right? You care about them. You, you live life with them. You're praying for them. And, as, and in that context, the Holy Spirit highlights things. Yeah. Giftings, right, in them. Mm. Um, or even circumstances that maybe you see playing out, but that they're swimming in them, and so they don't see them as clearly. And so yeah. you can help. Um, I, I think that you could point to Acts 13 as a sort of a when the church in Antioch sends out Paul and Barnabas yeah. as sort of a, um example of this because mm-hmm. they're seeking the Lord together in fasting and in worship, and the yeah. Holy Spirit says... To them. Yeah. So it seems like there's like this collective that it seems to me, I mean, it could have, we, we're not given every detail, right? So somebody could have had just like a prophetic word mm, or it could yeah. have been like the Holy Spirit gave them like a collective sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unity. A unity around, hey, these two guys, they they should go out and mm-hmm. take the gospel into places that aren't, that, that don't have it. Yeah. So I guess being a part of a of a church that has planted two churches and also just being in in pastoral leadership for you know 10 15 years do you have maybe a personal example of what this has looked like as the Lord has kind of led you to call someone to what God is doing to what God is wanting them to do I guess Yeah I mean I'm I am kind of always doing this. I'm kind of always like watching people and and looking for things in in them that they may not see wanting to point that out. Like um for example, you know, the scriptures say for uh for a deacon, let him be tested first and if he be found faithful, then let them serve. Mm-hmm. Um so I take that as a real principle. Yeah. Like okay, one of the first things I'm looking for, for as a sign of God's hand on a person, is just that they want to serve. They want to, yeah. they want to help build up the body in mm-hmm. some way or another. Yeah. And so I'm looking for that. I'm looking for faithfulness in service. But beyond that, I'm also looking at like what, where does this person shine? Are they, are do does this person frequently come with an encouraging word they maybe they have the yeah. gift of encouragement or mm-hmm. is this person always serving with their hands maybe they have the gift of service or um when this person shares at community group does everyone just suddenly start nodding and you yeah. realize like oh man i'm these everybody in the room's learning right now when this person gives an insight yeah. and so you're it's really like um a radar for spiritual gifting mm-hmm. I, i'm not a huge fan I'm not like against them, but I'm not a huge fan of spiritual gifts tests. <laughs> Whoa now. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I just think that they're very limited in what they can a- accomplish. Yeah. Right. I think the most, uh, the most effective way for people to find their spiritual gifts is in service in the church yeah. as they serve. And then I feel like part of my job as a pastor is to see a gifting and to, as I'm watching and, and discerning and praying for a person to come beside them and say, have you ever noticed that you love to encourage people mm. that, that every time you sp- 
you know, you speak, it's encouragement. Or have you ever noticed that when you speak up at community group, you have this gift of of handling the word that seems to benefit people. Mm, yeah. And then the next step is, um, and what, what I love doing as a pastor is then now I want to, I want to cha- call them to get out of their comfort zone and see if they can use that gift in a way they haven't tried yet. Yeah. So maybe it's lead community group next week, or maybe it's, uh, see if you, you know, would want to, um, go on a visit you know, visit someone in the hospital, encourage them, pray for them. Exactly. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's flip the coin here real fast. And this will be my last question before we, um, just break this discussion and continue it next week. Let's say you're on kind of the other side Mm -hmm. of that interaction, you Mm -hmm. know, from Barack's perspective or taking the example to today, you know, someone comes up to you and says, Hey, I think you could lead in this way or you Mm -hmm. should serve in this way. How do we respond to to leaders kind of seeing that in us and kind of calling us into that kind of action? First thing, always take it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we can get this wrong. People can get this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? No. <laughs> so take it to the Lord. Um, go to him in prayer. Say, Lord, uh, I, I received this from somebody today. Is this right? Is this accurate? And can you show me? Can you like show me this in my life? And so I would say that's number one. And then number two, if if you feel like he confirms it, or he, at least he doesn't say, no, that's not, yeah, <laughs> that's not accurate. Um, exercise faith. Yeah. Right. Which is going to feel risky. Mm-hmm. Exercise faith, and I think we'll start next week we will get into the way that that plays out in the story. So I don't want to go too far ahead, but I would yep. just say, be willing, unless the Lord stops you, be willing to take a risk because that is generally what faith in action feels yeah. like. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I'm sure, I don't know, that seems like the one that we're going to experience more of. Someone coming to us and saying, hey, maybe you should consider this rather than us going, I don't know, it depends on kind of where you are and and. Uh, in your life and the, in the different leadership uh, opportunities you have. But um, you know, it's an interesting interaction that we should see a lot of happening within the church. Really, it should. Right, yeah. calling people to different levels of service and, and responding to those and having mm-hmm. those kind of conversations and asking where you can grow. And, um, and I hope that's happening. Yeah, and I would just say, too, I think we can practice this even um, by just affirming, even if somebody's already using a gift, but you see that God's using them, their hands on them. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I think about Ted, man, Ted, who is, has fixed so many things all over this, this church property. No one even told him to do that. Yeah. Um, he just started serving with his hands. Like, man, to, to affirm that, to be like, Hey, you know what? This does seem like a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like God is blessing this and you're, good at this and it seems to give you joy and i just want to say praise god for that gift that's an affirmation of a gift yeah that can actually go a really long way because you never know when somebody needs that encouraging word and that's a practice for you so that when you when you think you see it in somebody who's not even stepped into it yet yeah you know okay i've done this before i'm going to go and see Mm -hmm. if i can point this gifting out to them yeah that kind of reminds me of our very first kind of 
discussion on this podcast about encouragement and discouragement. Mm-hmm. I asked, like, well, when should you take the opportunity to encourage someone? And you said, well, just just uh, kind of imagine that everyone is always a little bit discouraged. Yes. <laughs> and Because that's probably true. Yeah. And they can probably use a little encouragement. Yeah. So just keep that, just make that a practice. And that yeah. will go a long way to serve people yes. and to build up the church. And yeah, that's a good word. And um, yeah, even if that's the one thing you hear from this, that would be so faithful and the Lord could use that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna take a break and, and continue. There's a couple more things that the Lord has been showing Ben through this story um, as, it, as it pertains to, to leading others and, and hearing the assignment from the Lord and, and how we can all faithfully respond to that. Um, but we hope this has been helpful. Uh, we pray that it is, and we'll talk to you soon. Tune in next week. See ya.